Last week, we began to take a look at one of the most famous passages in all of Scripture. And we, we started looking at the 23rd Psalm, and we really focused in on just three words. The Lord is. And we said the rest of the Psalm makes no sense if we don't understand the grandeur, the bigness, the, the goodness of the Lord. And today, we're going to continue to just to press in because as we learned, the Lord is means he wants to be present in our life now to do these things. So as we continue to read about who he is and, and how we can relate to him, we don't, I don't want us to see this as some ancient song that was written a long time ago, but something that wants to just currently have a just amazing impact in our life. Now around here, we just got done singing songs, but when we sing songs, we stand. So this is a song. So as we read it, I would like us to stand. I'm going to read the portion that we're going to go through today. And I want you to read it along with me. Last week, I tricked y'all. I went, the Lord is. And I said, sit down. We got a little bit longer to go through today. So let's read this together. Psalm 23, verses 1 through 3. Read it with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in path of righteousness for his name's sake. God, we thank you for your word. God, I pray that it would speak loud today, it would impact hearts. God, we would leave better than we showed up in this place. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Have a seat. Thank you, guys. <clears throat> so, like I said, last week we focused on the Lord is, and then this next word right after that is the word shepherd. So it gives us. Here's how we're going to get into this passage. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. And so if God is the shepherd in this analogy here, that makes us sheep. That's right. That makes us sheep. And sheep are some of the most clueless, helpless creatures on earth. They panic at the slightest sound. They don't have a good sense of direction. They have no real actual way to defend themselves. They might butt their heads a little bit. But they're, hoof, they're not like fighting with their hooves or biting people or biting, you know, they don't have sharp teeth to defend themselves. To put it this way, it, it, I don't want to be related to a sheep. I, if, you, if you really study, I, like as I was studying this for this sermon series, I went to, you know, some farming websites and looked up things about sheep. I'm like, I don't know that this is what I want to be related to. But God is trying to show us that we really need to be dependent on him. Amen. But, you know, as, as teams like schools and high schools and they're choosing mascots, nobody's choosing a sheep. <laughs> a ram, maybe a bighorn sheep with some horns, but like a, a lamb, nobody's choosing a lamb to be their mascot. And as I was writing this, I wrote that line in there. And I thought, I can't lie to these people. So I got to look up and make sure that there is no school with a lamb as their mascot. Well, guess what, guys? <laughs> I found this. So here's this picture. Fort Collins High School in Fort Collins, Colorado are known as the Mighty Lambkins. <laughs> Take a look at that mascot, guys. What? Who's chosen this? And so obviously they thought, who wants to be a little prancing lamb? So they switched up to have a little bit more of an aggressive mascot that looks a little bit more like this. <laughs> that is not a lamb. There's no lamb that looks like that. That's a demented werewolf lamb. 
And then I found this one for their wrestling mascot. They, they have this one. <laughs> the lamb has boulders for shoulders. This is, there's no lamb that looks like this. We all know people are not choosing good old lambkins to be their mascot. The forests, the jungles, our world is full with all kinds of other things we'd rather choose to be our mascots. Cardinals, wildcats, mustangs. We'd either be, you know, I'd rather be a tornado or warrior than be lambkins. No, not what I choose to be, but this is the metaphor that scripture gives for us. We are sheep. The biblical metaphor, it's got layers of significance. And Psalm 23 is this beautiful painting that, that David is, is painting for us to have this picture in our mind of who God is and who we are in relationship to him. It just, it begins to just show us this beautiful picture. And though none of us walk around on hooves, you know, some of us may have some white hairs, but we don't have wool. None of us are actual sheep, but we kind of have some similar tendencies in the way that we relate to who God is. And as we see this, we're going to see this beautiful painting that, that shows these different comparisons. And today, as we look at this part of the song, we're going to see four different things that our good shepherd wants to lead us to. Four different things that our good shepherd wants to guide us towards. And the first one that we're going to talk about is this. And this is a really important one. The shepherd wants to lead us to rest. The shepherd wants to lead us to rest. A sheep's greatest desire is food. It just wants to eat. The greatest desire is food. It's like a teenage boy. Everything, like, let me think about food. I want to eat more of it. But unlike a teenage boy who can eat pizza laying on a couch, sheep don't eat laying down. They don't eat laying down. But what does this say? It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Sheep won't lie down unless they're well-fed and full. Otherwise, they don't lie down. And this, we read this, and this becomes even more powerful when we understand the context. When we study context in scripture, it can make the the, the scripture come alive in a brand new way. You know, we read all of scripture a lot of times through the lens of the things that we know, our Western modern lens. And we hear green pasture and we think of the rolling hills of like Ireland, green meadows in Wisconsin. That was not the reality for Middle Eastern shepherds. There was nothing like that. The meadows of Wisconsin would have seemed like a, a dream they would have just, it would have seemed like a vision they've never seen before. And even today, usable farmland in the Middle East, it's way too valuable to be having herd animals eaten on it. So sheep are put out into the wilderness to feed. And out in the wilderness, it, it rains a little bit. It rains just enough. There's also humidity that blows in off the sea that puts moisture in the air. And there's just enough moisture to let tiny little amounts of grass to grow. I've got a picture of green pasture. So here's a picture of green pasture of what it looks like. Does that look like green pasture to you? Nope, not that one. Go back. That one. What does it look like? But if you look real close, you'll see little green things growing underneath rocks. 
Little green things growing underneath rocks. And the shepherd would have to lead them to the little green sprouts of grass growing underneath rocks so that they could be fed. Day by day, moving them along. You know, the Bible talks a lot about how he'll take care of our daily needs, our daily bread. And the the sheep had to keep moving so they could be fed. And the shepherd continued to provide for them. But every so often, the conditions were just right. The dry and arid land got enough rain, got enough humidity. And that's the next picture here. This picture, there's actual green grass all over the place. And this is the environment where it says the shepherd makes us lie down. The shepherd makes us lie down. You would think that this green pasture would actually be where we do what those sheep are doing. This is the perfect place to fill up and feed. It would make more sense if this verse said, the Lord leads me to feed on green pastures. But it says, no, the Lord makes me lie down in green pastures. When I'm in the middle of thinking this is all that I ever could want, need, or imagine having, the Lord says, lie down. Lay down. Lay down. It's this, this beautiful picture of contentment because God's saying, I'll continue to care for your needs. Remember, whether you're in the wilderness or wherever you're at, I'm going to continue to guide you and give you what you need. Because here's what sheep will do left to their own if they don't just lie down. Sheep will pull up, eat, and devour everything, including the roots of the grass, so that the grass won't even grow back, and they'll end up starving themselves from consumption. It's self-destruction, and its consumption will end up killing it. And remember, we're like sheep. We become obsessed with consumption. There's never enough. We're always on the hunt. We're always on the chase. We'll always try to fill because we have this void in our heart that only God can fill. But we sometimes chase trying to fill it with all kinds of other things. Treasures, stuff, status. And we end up overwhelming ourselves with a longing and a desire to chase after things. And the consumption and the weight of that begins to crush our souls and we're, we start starving. We start starving, but God knows what you need and you can trust him to provide for it. Because here's the truth. We have a shepherd that will lead us to green pasture, whether we're in a season of wilderness or surrounded by the meadows of opportunity. The shepherd leads them to green pastures, whether it's just a, a little bit of grass underneath a rock or whether it's just right and there's actually green meadows to lie in. In the wilderness, he leads us to green pasture. When the wilderness becomes a meadow, he leads us to rest. He's guiding us to be so content that no matter if we're coming out of a dry season in life or if we just are surrounded by opportunity, our rest and our contentment can come in knowing that we serve the Lord. So, so many times we just, we're consumed by what we crave. We, all we can think about is what we crave. And instead of reminding yourself of what you crave, remind yourself of who you have. Instead of reminding yourself of here's what I want, remind yourself of here's who I already have. I have a good shepherd. I have a Lord who cares for me. He guides me. He's going to continue to provide for me. Daily provision leads to us being able to trust a God and know I can have some rest. But here's what that means is we have to learn to love the sound of silence. To say, here's how I I can hear my shepherd when I just 
take a rest. When I just rest, and I rest my weary mind and my weary body. But we have to do some things. Three things. Reduce your wants. Reduce your wants. I'm, man, this is hard for me because I want a lot of stuff. We have to increase our joys in the things that we already have. And we have to find rest in the Lord. Amen. That's the first thing that the Lord wants to lead us to is just a place of rest. So when you read that and you think of the green pastures, don't think of the sheep eating. Think of the sheep laying down. The second thing the Lord wants to lead us to, the shepherd leads us to refreshment. He leads us to refreshment. It says, he leads me beside still waters. Did you guys, again, I've been, which is really weird, studying sheep. But sheep are afraid of moving water. They're afraid of, of moving water. They kind of get stuck and afraid of it. And at first I'm like, well, why? And I thought, they are puffy clouds with drumsticks for legs. Like you go put on a wool coat and jump off a diving board into a pool and watch what happens. You're going to soak up and you're going to sink. So to a, to a sheep, moving water and getting and falling in is a death sentence for a sheep. Unless a shepherd comes and rescues them, it's not a place that they want to be. So what the, a shepherd would do would lead them to a place where the water is calm in order so they might find refreshment. In order that they may find refreshment. Other times it's so that they could cross over to a new spot. They'd have to walk through the water. Either way, it's leading them to a place where the water is a little more peaceful. So when David says, he leads me beside still waters, this is a really attractive thing for sheep. And what a shepherd would do is they'd lead the sheep to a place where the water isn't moving quite as fast. Or a good shepherd would sometimes have to move rocks. They'd have to pick up and move rocks to almost dam up the water a little bit so that the water was more still. I was willing to move rocks to make sure that you have a place to find refreshment. It's the water the sheep wants. But they have to be patient enough to wait for the shepherd to lead them to those still waters. Because some of us, we're like sheep and we're standing at the edge of rushing water. We're standing at the edge of rushing water and we're thirsty. We're thirsty. We're thirsty for refreshment. And, we're and here's what it is. Many times we're tempted to step away from the shepherd and try to find refreshment in the rush. But the rush leads to a place of worry, fear, and anxiety. We're tempted to say, I can find refreshment in the busyness, in the rush, in the hurry. I bet you I'm thirsty. If I take a drink of this, this will refresh me. It doesn't. Because this is where your mind becomes consumed with all that is rushing in, and anxiety begins to, to just take over. Perhaps you struggle with anxiety, with worry, with fear. Your mind just won't rest. It's like that rushing water, all you can do is focus on it. And you lay in bed at night, and you stare at the ceiling, and your mind just begins to rush in the race, and you begin to have these thoughts, why did I say that to them? What will they think about me? How am I going to pay the bills? What is next? And it just won't shut off. It won't turns off, turn off. Your soul feels parched and dry. It feels like you're choking out and you just need refreshment. And instead of trusting that the shepherd will lead you to a place where you can have quiet waters, we lean in and we try to drink the rushing water. 
We lean in to find refreshment from the chaos of life. And what this looks like is we lean in and we try to find refreshment by doing too much. By caring too much about what other people think about us. By taking on more responsibility than we need. By taking all of our emotions and just stuffing them down and saying, I just need to find fulfillment in something. And if we're not carry, if we're not, if we're not careful, those worries, those stressors, they catch up to us. And like a sheep, we fall into that rushing water. We fall into the rushing rapids of anxiety and it feels like we're just swept away. And I, I, I know exactly what this feels like personally. A few years ago, my life was, let's just say, it was overwhelming and very full. I was trying to find refreshment from the rushing rapids of life and I took on way too much responsibility. I was caring too much for other people and not enough for myself. I was caring too much about what other people thought. And what you start to do is you start to stuff your emotions and your frustrations. My time with God was nowhere near where it needed to be. And I had an experience that I'd never had before. I had an anxiety attack. I had a panic attack. And it was frightening. It was frightening. It, and I remember just a feeling that I'd never had before. It felt like I was drowning. It felt like I couldn't catch my breath. Your heart starts to beat really fast. I thought, I'm having a heart attack. Am I going to die? What is going on? I remember this feeling. I felt frozen in place, but at the same time, everything felt like it was just coming at me, this weird pressure. And it was just all really unreal. And I, 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 the worst part is when it stopped, I thought, oh, is this a new normal for me? Is this going to happen again? When it stopped and finally the short, you know, you're breathing these short breaths and it feels like I'm just not getting enough oxygen. Finally, it's, it, the peace subsides. I thought, this cannot be a new normal. I, but I have a good shepherd. And the good shepherd, when it sees a sheep falling into the water, he'll dive in and he'll pull him out. And that is my good shepherd. And that is what he did for me. Now, don't get me wrong. This, it, it's, a, it's been a process and it was a process. And in that process, I remember going to therapy and talking to a counselor. Never feel like that's something that you should be ashamed of, guys. If you need to talk to somebody, talk to somebody. Yeah. And I remember talking to this counselor and he said, you know, a lot of times anxiety comes when we try to create our own false sense of peace. We try to take control over our stresses and we overextend ourselves and we say, I can create my own sense of peace. And he gave the old analogy of just putting a, a lid on your, your emotions and your, your own desires and it starts to just boil up and eventually it just blows. And he says, people have all kinds of reactions to an overwhelming explosion of stress. He said, for some people, it's panic attacks. For some people, it's outbursts of anger. For some people, it's a falling into a compulsive behavior, addictions. He said, you've got to find a better way to deal with this. He said, because if you don't, your mind actually begins to rewire itself. Your mind actually starts to rewire yourself where you're geared in towards anxiety, where you're geared in towards, I can drink from that rushing water and you keep trying to seek that out. He's like, you got to stop this and take these things captive. And I wrote this down from him. He said, you got to slow down. 
said, you've got to give up control and you've got to learn to find peace in a different way. So please hear me with this. If you struggle with worry and anxiety, if you're staring at the rushing waters thinking, this is what I need to drink, I'm not saying this is an easy thing to get over, but here's what I know. I know personally how quickly we run to doctors, which can be really helpful. I know how quickly we go to medication, again, which can be really beneficial, but we fail to go to the good shepherd and say, I need you. Amen. We've got to go to the good shepherd who wants to lead us beside still waters. I've got a better refreshment for you. I've got something good for you. And again, I'm not saying there's a quick fix, but trusting the Lord, giving up, trying to be in control and letting the good shepherd lead is at the heart of any truly lasting cure for anxiety. The Lord is the cure for those things. Again, all those other things are really helpful and they may be needed, but man, go to the Lord. At some point, my desire is to devote a whole collection of talks to some of these mental health issues and see what the Bible has to say about them. But for today, I want you guys just to understand if you're struggling with this, you have a good shepherd and he wants to help you and he wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. And other times, the problem isn't that we're staring into the rushing waters. What we see is cesspools. Cesspools are stagnant. They're not scary, but they're full of bacteria they're full of harmful things and a sheep will drink from a cesspool because it seems like it's safe. And sometimes when we're feeling parched and we're like, I need something in my life, we go to these cesspools. We go to these things and we try to quench our thirst from addictions. We try to approval of others, unhealthy relationships, going to social media and seeing if somebody has liked my posts. It leaves us with a false sense of refreshment that will eventually just think if you drink from a cesspool, what's going to happen? You're going to get sick. We need to trust that the good shepherd has better water for us. And sometimes we just need to be patient. We just need to be patient because maybe God's moving around some rocks to create a better place for you to be refreshed. But you got to be patient. So if you're feeling dry, you're feeling thirsty... Don't give him a drinking from rushing waters or cesspools. Let the, let the good shepherd lead you beside still waters so he can bring you refreshment. He can bring you peace. The third thing is this. The shepherd leads us to restoration. The shepherd wants to restore us. And the word restoration literally means to set things right. To set things the right way of how they're supposed to be. So when I was a kid, and if, if you're my age or older, you'll remember these commercials. When I was a kid, they had these really overdramatic, ridiculous commercials for this thing called Life Call. And these commercials were geared usually towards senior citizens, and they're most famously known for this phrase, I've fallen and I can't get up. I've fallen and I can't get up. And you'd see these dramatizations of these older people falling down and pushing this button, I've fallen and I can't get up. And I remember being like a seven, eight-year-old kid. I'm like, just stand up. Like, what? what is wrong with you? Not understanding that that can be a real thing. I was just like, just get up. And then last year, I went for a jog in my neighborhood. <laughs> we lived at the top of a hill. 
And at the bottom of our hill was a little park and it kind of had just a, a simple running track and I would go just jog that track. And I go down the hill and I'm starting around that track and I took a little misstep. My ankle popped. I crashed to the ground. And I didn't have life call, but I do have Apple Watch, iPhone, all those things. And it doesn't like when you fall. And so immediately, it says this, it looks like you've taken a hard fall. <laughs> I thought, thanks. And then it gives you two choices. It says emergency call or you push I'm okay. And immediately I thought about these dumb commercials <laughs> that I was telling people at seven or eight years old, just get up. And I thought, I'm okay. And I pushed the button. I'm okay. I thought, get up, Mark. And I stood up. I tapped, I'm okay. I put the tiniest amount of weight on my foot, on the ankle. And I am not one to use swear words. <laughs> but my ankle connected with my tongue. And I crashed right back down to the ground. And I thought, oh, man. I, it's early in the morning. I am not about to call my wife. And so... My stubborn behind crawled my way and limped my way all the way back up with the pop tendon to the top of my house because I was not going to say I've fallen and I can't get up. That's what a man would do. That's right. A dumb man. I probably messed my foot up more. I was going to, I had this horrible picture and I was about to show it and my, I was like, nah, they can't see that. That's gross. Showing pictures of your feet. But it was black and blue and all swollen. It was horrible. And if you've ever messed up a ligament, it takes a really long time to heal. It was, yeah. But here's why I say this. Sheep from time to time need life alert because they fall and they can't get up. Sometimes the sheep will lie down and maybe it gets in the wrong position. It gets in a little crevice and it flips up on its back. And sheep have like tables for backs. And if they're a little bit overweight or their wool is a little bit um, heavier, they just get stuck. They get stuck on their back, legs up, stuck on their back. And these sheep are called cast down sheep, a cast sheep. The Bible speaks a lot about people being cast down. Because sometimes we tumble into the trenches of life and we need a shepherd's power to turn us back around to restore us, to pick us back up. Because a sheep that's laying on its back, their gut begins to fill up with gases. Their extremities, the blood rushes the wrong way and within hours that sheep can die. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. He says, he's talking about the, the travels and the things that they've had to deal with. He said, we had no rest we were harassed at every turn, conflicts on the outside, fears within, but God comforts the downcast. God restores us when we feel like I've fallen and I can't get up, God. When we feel like our life has flipped upside down and we're completely out of control, God is a God of restoration. So are you cast down? Is your world upside down? Do you feel like I'm unable to get out of this mess and I can't right myself? Remember this psalm says, he restores my soul means he makes it right again. He puts us back 
on our feet. And we get cast down for lots of reasons. We get flipped upside down. Sometimes it's our guilt. Sometimes it's failures, broken relationships. A lot of times it's consequences of our sin. But when a sheep is on its back, here's what it starts to do. It starts to just cry out. I have to do it because I told my daughter I would embarrass her. They say, I'm bad. Come on. <laughs> this is bad. She said, Dad, do not do that. There it is. I did it anyways. <laughs> but it's on its sheep and it begins to cry out and bleed out. And the shepherd hears it. And a good shepherd comes and takes care of it. Amen. And some of us, we just need to cry out to God. God, I don't know. I feel stuck. I feel flipped upside down. I need you to come and to rescue me. And we have a good shepherd who hears our cries. God is a restorative God. He's all about setting things right as you call on him. He's a God who wants to restore, forgive. He's a God who's all about healing. He wants to heal your marriage. He wants to heal your pride. He wants to heal some of your self-loathing and doubt that you may deal, be dealing with. He wants to feel your addictions. He wants to heal just our foolishness. All of our hurts. He wants to set us back up and put us in right standing with him. And think about this. If a sheep is on its back, you know how quick a shepherd can come and put it back on its feet? Real quick. Sometimes we need to understand, just call out to God and God is a God of quick restoration. But here's the other thing. When it flips it back on its feet, the shepherd has to stay with it for a minute because all of its blood has ran the wrong way. It's kind of messed up. It's equilibrium's goofed up and the shepherd will stay with it until he feels like, okay, it's good to go. Some of us, we need to call out to God. We need to allow him to restore us, to put us back anew and then he'll stick with us and he'll stay with us. God is a God of restoration. Fourth thing is this. The shepherd leads us on right paths. He leads us on righteous paths. That means right paths. I was kind of looking at this in context. And if you look even now at the hills in the Middle East, there are these like zigzag lines all up and down these hills. And they're shepherd's paths. The shepherds have walked these paths so many times that they know the right ways to go. And they just, they know how to lead their sheep. They know where to take them. And life, guys, is a journey. And we have a shepherd that knows the right path for every season of our life. He knows all the right paths to take us on. He's righteous. And since he's righteous, he says he leads us on paths of righteousness, which means he's leading us towards himself. God's guidance is an incredible gift. It's an incredible gift to be guided by the shepherd that knows I've been, I've been there. I know. I know the future. I know what it all holds. Just follow me. When we live with all kinds of uncertainties and we're like, I don't even know. I don't know what's next. I don't know what's the next hour. I don't know what's the next day. We have a good shepherd that we can just continue to trust, to lead us, to guide us towards passive righteousness. He knows the way because he is the way, guys. Yes. Jesus is the way. And he not only, here's the, the awesome part and the best part of it all. He not, not only leads us the right way, when we get off the trail, 
He comes and he brings us back. That is how good our God is. He not only shows us righteousness, he says all the times that you've gotten off the path, I'll pay for that. I'll come bring you back. Debt paid, forgiven, come to me. That is the gospel. That is good news. You have Jesus who has paid for all the things that we've done to get off the path of righteousness. He says, hey, come back to me. Come follow me. I got you on this. It's not just about you being righteous, guys. It's not about us just being righteous. It's about putting our faith and following the shepherd who is. It's not about us being righteous. It's about following the shepherd who is righteousness. And he leads us on paths towards himself. But here's a way that we can be sure and know. It's, it's this little ending phrase of this passage we're in. How can I be sure that the shepherd will, will lead me and guide me and, and bring me where I'm supposed to go? How can I trust this? What assurance do I have that he'll take me all the way back home towards him? And it's these three words. Four words, sorry. For his name's sake. For his name's sake. And it would be easy to pass over this little phrase. But this is one of the most wonderful phrases in all of this psalm. A lot of times when we go to scripture, we make it all about us. I've done it. I've preached it that way. We become very self-centered instead of Christ-centered when we go to scripture. But I don't want you to fail to forget how we started this message. He is the shepherd. We are the sheep. And sheep exist for the benefit of the shepherd. Sheep exist for the benefit of the shepherd. It's not the other way around. He loves us enough that he cares for us. But sheep exist for the shepherd. So we, as God's sheep, exist for the good shepherd. We're the property of the shepherd and we're under his care. And when we follow him and when people see this, we're being provided for. When people see that when crazy things happen in our life, we still are like, I got a peace that doesn't make any sense. It's the greatest testimony of all. That God gets the credit for everything. Think about it this way. Do shoulder pads get to wear Super Bowl rings? Do track shoes get to have gold medals? Does a canvas get credit for the amazing artwork? No. The credit goes to the athlete, the runner, the painter. Sheep don't get credit for the care of God. All glory goes to the shepherd for his name's sake. We can trust that he'll care for us because he says, my name's out there and I'm going to care for it all. You just have to stay following me. David declares in Psalm 23, he makes me, he leads me, he restores me, he guides me. And then it says, for his name's sake, no other name. This is all done for God's glory. He takes the credit, not because he needs it, but because he's worthy of it. The strongest assurance you can have is that the good shepherd is going to take you home. He has staked his name on taking you home, on leading you where you need to be. That should give us an amazing amount of sense of just comfort. There's this little spot that we completely glossed over at the very beginning of this passage. And it says, I shall not want. 
And all these things we just talked about show us why we don't have to want. He's our provider. He's more than enough. He's God at all. You know, in ancient Israel and the Jewish people had different ways and names that they called out to God. And one of them was Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. He's more than enough. He's always got it. 